In every real estate transaction, something comes up that the buyer or seller may have a question about. But in the heat of the moment, the question goes unanswered. Each episode, I talk with real estate experts and real estate vendors to provide a look at what goes on behind the scenes in the real estate world to get you answers. I blend in local Santa Cruz history, add some tips and tricks, all designed to help you be successful in your next real estate project. Tell your friends you can't talk right now because you are with The Realtor Lady. Hi, this is Michelle and you are with The Realtor Lady. And I want to just say thank you for everybody who's been listening, downloading, um, subscribing to my podcast. I really appreciate it. This podcast is nowhere near done or polished where I want it to be, but I'm always working on it. And in the meantime, I've moved studios. So now I'm here at home in what I call M Studios, which is basically my shed in my backyard. So the sound quality could not be so great. There'll be bumps and bruises along the way while we're trying to figure out the right equipment and get me set up. But in the meantime, I have such great guests coming on. So please just uh, stay for the content and uh, the polishing will happen later. But today I'm super excited uh, to have Kaylee Soon on from the city of Santa Cruz. She is a waste management assistant, I believe. And um, we are going to talk trash and I'm super excited. This is a passion for me. I don't normally talk about what I'm passionate about on the podcast, but this is something that's really near and dear to my heart. There's not a piece of trash that I don't drive by, walk by that just sends me into a tailspin. I seriously even think about it in the middle of the night. Um, so <laughs> just something I am always concerned about. So I wanted to bring that concern and what it looks like in the city of Santa Cruz here. So uh, Kaylee, take it away, introduce yourself and talk about your position and how you got to where you are. And then we'll move into what people should know about Santa Cruz City Waste Stream. Yeah, thanks Michelle for inviting me. I'm super excited to also talk about trash and garbage <laughs> in the landfill here in our beautiful city of Santa Cruz, something that kind of goes uh, forgotten maybe sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, my official title is Waste Reduction Assistant. Oh, that's what we want to do, right? After all, is reduce all of this waste yes. as much as we can. Yes. Um, so, yep, I've been with the city now for about a year and a half or so. Um, and there's always just so much more to learn than you could ever know about waste. So, <laughs> I'm excited to dive in a little bit. And I think that it's not a very sexy topic. I actually I get asked about it since I got the designation, I've had people, I, you know, I've had the neighbors call me and go, do something about this. I've become the, the neighborhood garbage waste uh, monitor. And um, it, I think people actually are, it's just not sexy enough for the news. Yeah, <laughs> I would agree. And once you do get a little piece of information, uh, for me, at least the, the bubble of, of curiosity just continues to grow, you know, oh like, gosh. what can I do with this? And then, you know, as we learned in the master cycle program, there's just, it's endless. <laughs> it's just endless. So because I'm a real estate agent and like to give people a behind the scenes or a little bit more information they not, may not normally get anywhere else, I thought maybe you could start with talking about someone's just moved to town and they're kind of curious about our waste stream and what they should understand. So they get their cans delivered, maybe the bare basics of 
what that looks like, and then we can move into the bigger picture of what's going on with the landfill. Yeah, definitely. So um, basically, you will be signing up for a utilities account, which includes your garbage and your water. And what is included in that is three curbside carts, which is like yard waste, um, a recycling, and then your trash. And what you're deciding on is the size of your trash, uh, basically. So, um, so uh, there'll be a few. Yeah, you want to just decide how much you're generating, really, um, to decide what size trash you want. Um, and then the other two parts are standard size. Um, and the first thing I think I would like to <laughs> make everyone aware of is that as moving of course you're going to have extra boxes or you're going to uh, be looking for new things to add to your home um, so we just recommend checking out next door both to post extra boxes or material that you're trying to get rid of or looking for things that people may be selling you know um, there's lots out there and uh, people in Santa Cruz tend to have an eye for funky fun things so <laughs> don't be afraid to look for for used items if or to sell off you know items that you're trying to get rid of instead of resorting to just landfilling all those items right or recycling all that extra cardboard there's definitely probably a, a better home um, for those items so that's the first thing i would recommend just to, to think about just pause a moment with all of that stuff you're looking at and think about uh, the best way to dispose of it um, and then second uh, which is probably the crux of recycling in this whole entire world is to erase everything that you know about recycling um, <laughs> from that first day in third grade that we even learned what it meant, right? Uh, because uh, it's a little bit different everywhere you go. <laughs> um, and I'm sure you've experienced that, Michelle, too, or just uh, just slightly different. And then unless you look at the guide, um, you're, you might be uh, lost <laughs> with what to put in that blue part. Um, and then I want to tag on, I think we're going to mention this more than a few times, probably, oh yeah, it's further in the outline, but I want to make sure that people understand yeah. when they move here to not put the things that they don't want after they've moved out on the sidewalk. We just had somebody oh, move in. Yeah. So yeah. Um, on that topic, before we do dive a little bit deeper, I will also uh, really mention to utilize the city resources. Um, which would include, so when you do move in, you'll also be, um, if you're in a single family home as the account holder, you will be mailed a, a kind of a. Oh, it's a welcome update. kit. Yeah, you, yeah, it's yeah, a you do get kit. that. Yeah, right. so it's got um, a little brochure with some information. It's got our recycle bin guide, and these are some kind of golden tickets that you don't want to miss. It's four bulky item tags. And what those are are stickers that you can put on, say, an old mattress, an extra bag of trash, or um, a broken piece of furniture that you don't want anymore. And uh, all you got to do is call customer service, which the information is found on that tag, and just set up a date, and we can um, come pick up that old, big, old refrigerator or something for you. Um, and to what you just mentioned, Michelle, with you know items out on the curb. Um, we see that everywhere. It's not only in Santa Cruz, like free tiles or come grab this up for grabs type of thing. Um, and we just, for lots of reasons that we'll go into later, uh, we want to avoid that <laughs> as much as possible. But our website offers resources for you. And again, donating is a great option. You can put them up for free on Nextdoor, Facebook Marketplace, um, etc. But we just want to make sure those items are kept up on your property um, until they're ready to go to that next home. Um, it just 
lots and there's a whole list of, of issues there um, that can happen. And I will also mention here just uh, things to kind of understand about our waste stream here in the city of Santa Cruz. We are a vertically integrated sanitation operation, meaning that the city itself owns all of the trucks, we employ all the drivers, um, we run the landfill and so on, um, versus more often you see contracted public haulers. So basically what this means is that, again, we as waste reduction staff and my team were super, super available to you for any questions that come up that are regarding disposal or you know hazardous waste. Those, we, <laughs> we get it all, so don't be afraid to reach out to us. Um, and on that same note, we even offer public landfill tours, which <laughs> we haven't been able to do because of dear old COVID um, in the past year, but I super duper recommend taking a landfill tour, even if you're not so excited about waste, um, there's lots to learn and it's just very eye-opening and gives sort of a personal touch to those parts in front of your house that we, we hardly think about so <laughs> it just uh, feels like such a local thing to do too when you when you're there you're just so close to it that's just such a personal part of our world you know and there's all these people coming in with all their stuff so you see the landscapers you see the haulers you you know you yeah. see the the homeowner and i always just feel like oh it's kind of a slice of life up there too i i just i love the dump yeah <laughs> yeah and it really shines a light on the fact that there is no away, you know, it's going no. somewhere. And um, uh, unfortunately, that is looks like filling up a, a space of beautiful land <laughs> at the end of the day, you know, that's what's going on. That is like ocean view property up there. I mean, it's got <laughs> some of the best views in town. <laughs> Right. Yeah, there's our top. Oh, you want to go look at the ocean? Well, sure. I got some stuff I want to throw away. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, I felt for a field trip. So, on that note, what 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 is the future hold for our landfill and our dump? As I was mentioning before we started recording, is that uh, Alviso uh, over in Santa Cruz, uh, Santa Cruz, Santa Clara County, has basically a per item dump it's it's really just broken down into almost every little piece of garbage is going somewhere i also think that they really lean on their manufacturers to figure out where that stuff is going to when tech came in they they jumped on that pretty quick uh what what does our future hold for our landfill yeah i really love this question because um again it's not a part of the whole waste stream that we we think about, you know, we think about the collection of recycling and um, yard waste and then the trash is kind of a, a back, back of the mind concept even because again, the landfill is not in our face, you know, um, and until you go up and see it, it's like, look, something's, something's going on here. So um, I also want to pause and just kind of think about that term landfill and I really encourage everybody to kind of shift their vocabulary there and you know, at home, start practicing using the word, oh yeah, put it in the landfill bin instead of just the trash or garbage, because I think it's really easy to just trash or garbage and then you don't think about it. But I, at least in my personal experience, the more that I've used just the term landfill, it's a bit more impactful. And like when I'm shopping or something like, oh man, this is, yes, this is going to fill the land one day. So um, just, just thinking about that term, it's kind of a fun thing I like to play around with and encourage others to practice as well. Um, but so, you know, us here in the waste protection staff, really our ultimate goal is to preserve that life 
of that landfill, which means extending how long we can use that landfill until we have to cover it up with land and cap it off and find our next place to fill the land, <laughs> right? So how long can we make it last? And actually we've had some really interesting recent developments that have shown through COVID. So to give you a picture there, so pre-COVID, um, our Dimio Lane landfill, which is just up Highway 1, for those of you who, who don't know of it spatially where it is, it's just up, if you go uh, towards Davenport there, north on the coast, it's just that way. Um, so pre-COVID, it was estimated that we had about 42 more years left until it was full. Um, and we recently opened a, a cell, and basically what that is, um, a space in the landfill where we start filling and maintaining and then we open the next you know cell to start filling so so we opened a cell um about three years ago that was meant for seven year lifespan and we're already getting close to filling that um, so it looks like a seven year cell is only going to last us three four years um, and a lot of that is due at least we can um, assess kind of um, from COVID because of uh, more packaging, right? And just historically, a lot more packaging has been being produced um, and manufactured. Um, you know, cleanouts during COVID, we all had a spring cleanout day or month or yeah. <laughs> week. Um, and we just really saw the impact and lots of, uh, you know, bulky items, things, big items filling the landfill. So um, it's been uh, quite a fast, quick, development that we've seen just in this last year and it's uh, only telling of what's to come with the increase in, in packaging and this um, sort of fast fashion or material like purchase purchase buy the new thing and it's easier to throw away and things that are just made you know lower quality it's a lot easier to, to just say oh it's done it's at the end of its life when we get a new one so um yeah really really interesting and luckily we do have uh, the state of California on our side with programs like the Buy Buy Mattress program and Herbert Recycling program, um, which we'll get into a little more later too, but we have resources that can be found on our website about that. And I don't know if I said it earlier, but um, our website to access it is pretty easy and memorable. It's just cityofsantacruz.com forward slash recycle right. Um, and maybe we can put that in the show notes, uh, but I'll mention it again, I'm sure. But um, what was the cityofsantacruz.com? Yep, forward slash recycle right. Okay. And there's a whole gamut of resources there, including, uh, yeah, if you want to dispose of a mattress or the carpet recycling program. Um, so, there, you know, there's lots of ways we can keep things out of the landfill, uh, but it also comes down to reexamining our personal overall waste generation, even in our everyday, you know, residential parts because it's all has an impact <laughs> um and then that also you know brings me back to the bulky item program those stickers really are meant for items at the end of their life not necessarily things that are still usable but you just want to say goodbye to you know so consider donating because those are the items that unfortunately they're usually big things and, and they fill up our landfill quickly so if you want to make an impact there try donating before just throwing things out right Donating, but not putting out on the curb donating. Correct. <laughs> so Correct. I, I actually do use, um, so I, I use um, Facebook Marketplace. I, I don't 
this is my little tips that I do. I don't list anything for free. It brings, brings out the crazy. So I, I usually determine something's worth like 20 or $25. Then I price it at 10. It goes fast. Mm. And if it's worth 10, I'll price it at five and it just goes fast. And then the people who show up. So if you don't really want to, con- if you don't want any contact with them at five or $10, you could say, leave the money under the mat. I bring the item out to the front of my porch and then I, I often meet them. They pay me, but it's all very far away. Um, and if they want, I wear a mask or they are wearing a mask. You know, it's, I felt very safe. I did it the whole time. Of course, they were all items that were, that have plenty of life left. It wasn't anything that was broken or, um, and then I use, so I use Facebook marketplace. Craigslist is actually, it's pretty good. There's a lot of locals there and some items will ask, um, in the Craigslist post, we'll ask for locals, please. And that's because the item is bulky and we don't want to be holding an item for somebody who's coming from Northern California, which is so common. They want you to hold it for four days because they got to get a truck. (laughs) (laughs) so we asked for locals only and um, my husband just sold a very heavy item on craigslist and he just kind of waited for the guy from la selva beach to kind of percolate to the top so we could get it to him um so there's there's tricks i know people find it very cumbersome but it's it's not really that bad um the other thing i just learned too uh, for uh craigslist you can actually put in a YouTube video. So I make an unlisted YouTube video for items to show that they actually are working. So you can just show that video in the email. They can determine if they like the looks of it. You know, you can kind of do a walk around and, and show that it works. And then you can cut down all the people that are going to bother you. Cause I know some people don't like to be bothered by these random emails that are weird and strange. Um, that's another way to just get the interested people. Yeah, those are all really good tips. I do really like the tip too, piping it down a bit. Um, you know, but that will get you more hits on it. Because sometimes, yeah, if you put the price on there, people are like, eh. But if you price it down and but you're, you know, you're okay with it going for free, realistically, but you just give it a cheaper. Offer. You know, a lot of stuff. If I right. could find a good home for, I would give it to somebody. But often you just don't have anybody that really wants what you're trying to get rid of. But you find somebody, but you. You know, it's just it. Typically, what happens is at five to ten dollars, if it's in that range, it'll go to a good home. Yeah, yeah. And that YouTube tip is is wonderful as well, making sure people know that it works because that's part of it too. People don't want to make the trip over there to come look at it, but if they can see a live video of it, that's <laughs> super helpful. Well, and it's so common now; people are used to video for everything. So, yeah. um, <laughs> a quick clip, yeah. Um, and then you know, going back to that feature of our landfill, the next natural step we would think as another way to preserve that landfill space, right? Is well, let's recycle more, right? Yeah. Um, and what can we recycle? That means it's taken out of the landfill. But I really encourage everyone to remember back to those about ten minutes in third grade when we learned about the three R's: reduce used recycle somehow we got stuck on recycle but really reduce is the best and um you know taking it even a step further here in our office and it's become kind of common is the 6r model which actually begins with refuse and then rethink, <laughs> reduce <laughs> reuse recycle 
um, and and lastly rot, which um, actually has to do with, with food. And there's some state legislation happening right now to um, get food out of the landfill, which is wonderful because that's got a whole range of issues associated with it as well. Um, so, you know, reducing your, your food and watching um, maybe preventing food waste in the first place is another great uh, way to care for our precious landfill. <laughs> um, yeah, speaking of which, I got connected with somebody on Craigslist. We're just still emailing back and forth at this point, but it's a couple who will come and pick up your vegetable scraps and uh, coffee. And they actually don't care if there's meat in there. So I don't know how they're processing this, but they sound like a very organized system for this. Wow. And um, we're pretty excited because we, we have a compost, but it's... Um, we just don't get to it for whatever reason and just seem yeah. like this would be easy to do. But the other thing is we put too much coffee in it and we need to find another resource for the coffee, which is a, a, a filter a day. So um, the yard can only do so much. The yard <laughs> has coffee and coffee. I think that the people who help us with our yard, I think they think we're nuts because they don't know what that random brown piece of paper is with stuff in it. Um <laughs> But I have noticed at the landfill while we're on the subject is uh, there is a, the, the food uh, waste. Pre-processor machine yes, monster. It's a big monster. <laughs> so what's happening? What's, when's that going to come online? Yeah, definitely. So we've been um, working with different things. And here I will also, for those of you who are a little more interested and want to geek out on food waste, we have a webpage about that as well. It's just that same cityofsantacruz.com forward slash uh, food waste, no spaces. Um, it'll give you some background information. But yeah, we are uh, really trying to develop some programs. We have um, some pilots and stuff that we're testing out. And you know, part of what I mentioned that legislation um, actually is going to require uh, organic, including food collection. So yes, it's in the works and everybody stay tuned. But check out that webpage. Uh, there's lots of great information there. I would almost think for food waste, people would have to be able, this is going to sound crazy, but it's almost like they'd have to get approved. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, as you know, recycling is hard enough to keep contamination out of, um, yes. which is something very important for all of you listeners. Just make sure you're keeping contamination. Look at that guide <laughs> that I mentioned earlier, keep contamination out. Um, but right, that's part of it. That's part of our outreach that we're doing in our office. So it's a, it's a whole another thing to tackle. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. Um, I've really watched the, the food waste because I was of mind with our compost that we could throw everything in. And after we did it for a few years, my husband was like, no more avocado skins or seeds because they don't break down. And they, then we can't get, if there's too much of that in there, we can't get it out from the little um, door of the stuff Ooh. that just kind of comes down. It makes it complicated. Uh, peach pits. We have uh, abundance of lemons and oranges at some point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all challenging things to, to compost. Right. So I'm excited for if we can put it all in there. Uh, yeah. It's... Yeah. And the meat too, that can be challenging at a home. But yeah, for anybody who's interested in home composting too, we have a, a backyard um, 
home composting rebate. So you can purchase a rebate, uh, composting bin from a local store and then they can give you a $40 rebate here from the city. So that's an option to explore if you are looking to compost at home. And um, I can be a resource if you need troubleshooting or just guidance of any kind if you're interested in that. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I'm excited about the, the food waste one. I do, I'm always bummed that when I have to put stuff in the garbage, that's not going to go in the compost. Yeah, right, right. So I think the takeaway with, you know, the future of the landfill with all of these things is um, recycling and composting is a part of the puzzle, but there's so much more we can do, right, to, to preserve and uh, kind of yeah. care for the landfill and be thoughtful. So. There's definitely been items that I've looked at that I've wanted. I'm like, it's too much packaging. I can't deal. I just can't oh, do it. Man. Yeah. I <laughs> That's just, what happens. It's just you, once you see it, you can't almost unsee it. Yeah, you, know? you can't unsee it. Um, I have noticed some just good. Uh, I bought some curtains from Bed Bath and Beyond, and it was just a simple cardboard foldover. Wow. Um, with a tiny Great. plastic hanger. It still had a plastic hanger. But um, it was two pieces, one very small, and then cardboard was good cardboard. And then that same day, I ended up at Costco getting a lotion that was in a cardboard box, opened that up, no other pieces of plastic in it, and it was just yeah. straight up good cardboard. It was a good day. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. It's a good it's like, day. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. And see, I remember it. So that's how, that's how rare this, you know, this is. Yeah. And, you know, that's part of what it takes is just letting the manufacturers know like, hey, this is, we like this. This is what we want. <laughs> I've actually um, tried to, they didn't have it this week. Last week, New Leaf had strawberries in a cardboard box oh. mm -hmm. and they cost more, um, but I've tried to buy those. Um, also, I believe it was at Shoppers. They had them in the little green basket, but I don't mind those so much because we use those baskets around the house. So those mm -hmm. get used. But, you know, the clamshell, of course, is just one of the worst things. And that's always such a bummer. Yeah. And, you know, depending on where people may be moving from to Santa Cruz, um, we just have such an abundance of beautiful, beautiful produce here. And uh, it's worth, you know, supporting the people who are going to put it in a cardboard box. And I don't think that exists as much. Even We don't even see it too much in Santa Cruz. But um, I think even outside of Santa Cruz, it's even more rare. So it's um, it's, yeah, it's pretty special, and we want to, you know, <laughs> keep it going. So. Well, the neighbor once I I sent out a mailer, kind of branded to me because I was kind of combining what I'm interested in with some information. And my neighbor came up to me; she was so upset. You know what I mean? You can't recycle clamshells. I just like I just like oh. you know killed her puppy. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes that's you know that person you may have changed the life of that person and uh, in a yeah. good way, you know, reducing waste. But right, it's, initially it's a little like, oh, what, what are you telling me? But you know, it's just the, the truth. <laughs> so that leads uh, into wish cycling. You want to explain wish cycling? Uh, yes. Um, so for those of us who don't know or haven't heard the term wish cycling. It's basically when we hope and wish that somebody else or some other way, something is going to be recycled, even though maybe we know it's not going to, or we don't know for sure. So we put it in the blue bin, close our eyes and close the lid and, and just hope that magic happens. <laughs> um, and I, unfortunately, am here to tell you this uh, notion of wish cycling actually is hurting the recycling stream and 
hurting the likelihood of all your good recyclables from being uh, recycled. So that being said, it's much better to put an item when in doubt, throw it out, unfortunately, or find it out. But um, yeah, don't wish cycle. I know we all want to do it. And we've been trained and we can't blame, you know, anybody or anything. That's the way, you know, recycle more, yay. But um, it honestly is just becomes contamination, unfortunately. Um, and not to mention, you know, the city landfill, uh, if you ever do get it, get to take a tour, um, you'll see that there's lots of hand sorters. So you really want to think safety and simplicity because there's hand sorters and it, the line is going so, 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 so fast. They don't have time to analyze these bits or take apart something that uh, a piece of it could be recycled. If, if items are bagged in a plastic trash bag, that's a big one we're trying to tackle. They don't have time to rip it open and look at what's inside. So keep them, keep it all loose. Um, and it, it yeah, <laughs> don't wish cycle. Just look at the guide and stick the pictures there and that, that'll be good. And then the wish cycling would also be putting stuff out on the curb. Yeah. Uh, can we talk a little bit about where it likely ends up when you put your stuff on the curb for free? Yeah, absolutely. So um, like we said earlier, you know, free piles are technically considered illegal dumping. And uh, the reason for that being is uh, one, you know, it's an obstruct obstruction for pedestrians walking by or say somebody in a wheelchair, if there's a big dresser in front of them, they're, they're stopped basically. Um, it's an issue for emergency vehicles. Uh, often those things migrate to the natural environment and don't have a home and, you know, that causes environmental pollution issues, safety issues. It's just it, the whole list goes on and on. So uh, please, please don't do that. And, you know, if you see others and they're your friends, encourage them to take another route and option. And if anything, pull it up on the sidewalk for safety of pedestrians, especially now, you know, school started back again yesterday. King Street was full, full, full of people and lots of bikes, lots of kids, lots of cars, lots of, you know, working vehicles. So um, anything we can do to keep it as safe as possible is best. So um, it's really a safety issue and an environmental issue when there's free piles like that. So yeah. uh, please, please avoid. And, you know, something you might not think about, uh, a lot of people, <laughs> as I've worked here and in this industry, you know, some of those things may go away, but the reality is it's often us, the city, a city truck removing that item because it's a safety hazard or an environmental pollution hazard. And all that means is, you know, the more time we have to spend cleaning those things up, the more man and people power that takes and the more money it costs. And, you know, down the line, if not already, that translate into a higher utility bill in your pocket. So <laughs> avoiding that is just... Oh, there's the takeaway. By not doing this right, you can actually send the uh, the waste bill up for everybody. Yeah, exactly. Um, and not to mention, you know, we have started a tagging program where we, we, we do tag items. Um, and mostly it starts, you know, we, we start with a carrot, but sometimes it leads to a stick and we do have to charge the individual account which we don't want to do it's a huge rate um so please call us <laughs> first or you know reach out <laughs> if you have questions but let's see here uh -oh. can you hear me <laughs> I paused for a minute 
Your internet connection is unstable. Zoom does that every half oh, hour. No. no, no, it's okay. It's, uh, it's a Zoom thing. I've noticed that it's usually on about a 45 minute call or Zoom call. It's right about the 30, what, 34, 30, 30 Interesting. mark. Yeah, hmm. it's, it's, inter- it's, a, it's a buffering thing. So anyway. Okay, yeah. Uh, well, and, and yeah, while we're on the topic, you know, of other, just as you're dealing with things to dispose of, um, sometimes you have items that don't belong in your recycling bin or in your trash or in your yard waste. And uh, if there are send-off programs that you can look into, um, you know, some unique ones would be uh, mascara brushes going to the Appalachian Wildlife Refuge to clean animals that have gone through um, oil spills or have, you know, so always look into um, recycling outside of just the blue bin because there's lots of options not to mention like hazardous waste and um, those sorts of things. I, um, somebody was having a conversation at another table and my, so me and my husband ended up talking about it, but um, what to do with old clothes and um, the person said, oh, well, you know, we just send good, goodwill and goodwill is like, fine, you know, we'll, we'll take all of your stuff. And I said, well, yeah, but here's the thing, the stuff that goodwill doesn't use more than likely they send it to a third world country and it's, it's somewhere in their landfill. Yeah. And what the point that I was trying to make is, and that's under wish cycling is it's not really going anywhere. If you, if you consider the whole planet as small as your own little world, it didn't leave your world. <laughs> right yeah so that was kind of a bummer because clothes aren't made as well as they they were at one point that you would hang on to I have some older clothes that aren't really fashionable but they're still pretty good so they're still hanging in my closet sometimes I can wear them but they yeah. they've held on so good and then some clothes I get it's like wow this just wore out this is no yeah bad. what do you do right and another piece of that unfortunately is when clothing or any organic material that is makes it into the landfill and and decomposes uh we're gonna nerd out a little bit but when it decomposes in a landfill without uh, access to oxygen or in an anaerobic environment it off gases methane gas which is a really powerful greenhouse gas stronger than what's coming out of your car um so avoiding that <laughs> at any cost is is really important um and so what that looks like, how do we avoid it? I know it's, it's easy to accumulate clothing, but, you know, getting things that will last you longer and maybe cost a little bit more in the beginning, but you have the longevity of it and you can use it until it's, you know, a rag to clean your house with <laughs> and then you've used it all the way to the end. Well, maybe COVID could help slow that stream a little bit. I mean, I don't, I didn't buy, yeah. I, I usually buy clothes a couple times a year for work just to refresh my wardrobe and I just didn't need to this year. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I, I'm not going into the office, so I'm just basically dressing for client meetings, and they're you know they're a couple times a week, but it's not the going to the office or going to meetings and. Yeah, and if online. if anyone's looking for inspiration, uh, this woman, I mean, she's a professional zero waster, so it's it's a big <laughs> aspiration. But um, she, her name is Bea Johnson, and she has made a, a name for herself in zero waste, and she presents herself very professionally with, I don't know how many items of clothing she has, but she's got like, I don't know, let's say 14 items of clothing (laughs) that she, um, you know, she does her TED Talks in and she goes to these big meetings and speaking events and everything. So 
Um, she's super inspirational if you're looking to delve into the zero waste world a little bit <laughs> in any part of your life. Well, I would, I think it can be all overwhelming. What I would recommend is that people really focus on one thing that they can kind of handle. For me, it's kind of my yeah. kitchen. So we really kind of focus on making sure all the food gets eaten down, it gets cooked, it gets reused, you know, that food gets taken care of. And we're not actually throwing stuff out of our fridge, our refrigerator away. It's what, if any food waste that we cannot compost, it's from the preparation of a meal. So I've really zeroed down for sure on that. Then when I'm out shopping, I'm always looking for less packaging. Yeah. We actually need paper in our compost because it's so wet. So I'll take brown bags once in a while from stores just because we actually need that. Um, but I think that's kind of been my area of, and then, like I said, some items that I'm trying to get rid of, I try to figure out a way to have it go live somewhere else. But for the rest of it, I could say I'm totally not perfect at all. I just, yeah. but I've, <laughs> I've got one focus and I've really just tried to stay there. And, and that's what I would recommend if this, if this all sounds overwhelming, if you feel like yeah. you have <laughs> too many clothes, if there's a way you can find out how to recycle those in a, in a meaningful way, maybe that's what. Yeah. And speaking to your specific audience here of new homeowners uh, being one of them, you know, you get to start fresh. So, you know, if you're moving into a new space, yeah, exactly what Michelle said, pick one thing you want to focus on and and go run with it <laughs> and try not to let your house get full of stuff i unfortunately i see a lot it's it's become more hoarding is more of an issue it's um home, people filling up their homes i think i have a, a broader idea of why that is and i think it's kind of sad i think a little bit of a loss of community and how people live with their families has them hang on to their family items longer cuz that's holding their family closer to them when they can't live next close to them or have them in their circle. So I think some stuff is actually replacing things that have been taken away. And hopefully with maybe Zoom and and social media, maybe people can figure out how to way to build those communities and still feel connected without having to actually have an item um, fill that space. So that's my take on it. I don't know if that's right, but that's you know, that was my grandmother's and I, you know, I got rid of most of my grandmother's stuff or my great grandmother. I never met her and I don't need a rocking chair. And I sold it to this guy for 40 bucks and he literally hooted when he was out of his car because he was so excited. He got this <laughs> antique rocking chair and his <laughs> wife wanted one and it was good. And th- they're using it and I don't need, I've, I don't know that person. So I don't need to hang on to that to be attached to family and that. That might be yeah. hard for people. I'm not trying to judge on anybody. I'm just, I'm just trying to, I guess, and, and my husband started to see it too, is getting rid of that item doesn't mean, or, or moving it on. Actually, I want to be careful how I say that because I want to make sure everybody moves things on. <laughs> um, but moving an item on doesn't mean that you care any less for that person. And I think that's what I run into with people and their things is they think that somehow that person is going to find out or be hurt or it's, it's, not memorializing them. And and I think nine times out of 10, that person will be like, if you found a great place for that <laughs> and you think of me, I'm happy you think of me, you know? Yeah, that's a great so, point. Yeah. 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 Um, but let's go on to some good news. Um, what I saw 
Maine and I believe three other states are going back to the producers of items to make items recyclable, basically holding the manufacturer accountable, which has been done with beds and carpeting here. But is there anything coming along in California to, well, TVs have to be, I think, taken too, Yeah, right? it's part of the e-waste, yeah. Um, but yeah, so regarding packaging, yay, applause for Maine. They got it all squared away with packaging. So California is still making some changes with packaging, nothing quite as stringent as Maine, but uh, so California Assembly Bill 842 requires that by 2035, you know, there's some time there, but um, it's progression anyways, uh, that all single-use plastic packaging and products distributed in California must include 75% post-consumer content um, and basically that creates a market for all of these recycled items uh, that we're putting in that blue bin. So we, it's, recycling is a business at the end of the day. It needs to be sold to somebody to make something new, right? That's, that's what recycling is. So by um, this going into effect, this, this bill, it will create that market for those recycled items and you know, make it easier for recyclability to be successful. Um, and then, you know, instead of looking for products that can be recycled, look for products made with that post-consumer recycled content is something I would certainly suggest. Um, and, you know, especially virgin plastic, it has actually been cheaper than recycled plastic lately. Um, it just, and so that's partially due to more electric vehicles uh, being on, on, on board and less demand for oil and gasoline. Um, and, you know, I will say with underrepresented communities also being some of those who live and work closest to these plastic manufacturing companies, uh, it really can be impactful if you, if you can start, you know, reevaluating just even one item that you're, you're purchasing. Um, but yeah, you know, that bill look for post-consumer recycled content to let the market know that people want that. Um, and then we also, just recently, there's a statewide commission on recycling um, where they talked about uh, Assembly Bill 343, um, which is not uh, enforced yet, but it would help to regulate false environmental messaging on packaging, specifically plastic packaging. Um, and it would aim to actually completely remove that chasing arrow picture um, and then cut out some of the numbers because it can just, it's just so confusing for all of us. And it's unreliable at the end of the day. And it, it gives that wish cycling a lot of support, <laughs> <laughs> right? Which we don't want that. Um, so yeah, and then, you know, like you said, the mattress uh, program, the California Product Stewardship Council um, is a Californian version of EPR, which um, is extended producer responsibility, which is exactly what it sounds like. It extends responsibility to the producer of those products to do something with it at the end of its life, not just make it and expect us, the consumer, to deal with it or the jurisdictions to deal with it. It actually um, forces them to have a plan, really, at the end of it. So, yeah, that, that goes back to when we had that conversation um, in one of our classes about those. Um, home chef meal boxes and they were mm -hmm. telling people that it was recyclable. I, I don't know if you remember that, but, yes, yes. and then it was Leslie, I think, who called them all the way up the chain and said, um, <laughs> so who's recycling? Well, it's recyclable. Well, who's, that's the other people, yeah. that's the um, disconnect when I have talks with people about garbage, it's just like, that's great, it's recyclable, but 
who's recycling? Who wants it? Well, China, they want it. And like, nope, they shut it down. It's like, okay, fine. It's recyclable, but who wants it? So to actually say to the manufacturer, you, you have to have some responsibility in it. And then you can only hope that a couple big ones, maybe Coke, would figure out a collection system and they would just recycle their own bottles. I, I mean, they used to do it with glass. Could we not, could we not right. do that? I mean, it, I know it only makes sense. Right. <laughs> I mean, it seems like full circle and, and then just getting everybody to that point. But again, sec, uh, go, uh, garbage is not sexy. And so, um, yeah. And one, another item that a lot of us, especially moving in or out of the home and, and all throughout getting mail packages and stuff is styrofoam. That one is still very prevalent in packaging. Luckily, we don't see it in food as much. But um, if you don't know about it, Gray Bears is a wonderful place for recycling all types of materials. Um, and that's local here. Um, they're on Shakespeare Avenue in the county of Santa Cruz, if you want to look them up. But they will take a white clean styrofoam, now, not popcorn or anything, but they can turn that styrofoam into a place that creates a, like crown molding for homes. Um, as well as picture frames, I believe. Uh, so look into them if you're trying to recycle, you know, <laughs> sort of off the beaten path items. They'll take a lot. <laughs> I, I rode by um, I rode by a garbage can the other day and the styrofoam was in the garbage can. And I honestly thought that was a win. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. normally it's in the recycling or on the right. ground or even in the green way. I mean, I was just like, oh, it's in the right place. I'll, I'll, I'm good. Oh, right. Yeah, I know. Part of my job is auditing and I just I drive around and I see a big styrofoam and I have the same thing when I see it in the trash I'm like okay well at least it's Yay. in the trash not the blue cart exactly um, well um one more point before we go oh, I just I just want to hit the um yeah the, the compostable food uh containers are not truly compostable but they might be with the uh food waste monster uh, no. So, oh, they are in Marina. <laughs> yeah. So what's going on with the food compost uh, material is it actually is a really super duper controlled composting environment with uh, really specific temperatures, somebody that needs to be there to, you know, watch it and everything process it. Um, so the answer is no. That, and that processor is really that we have here is uh, it's more of a series of screens. It's not actually a temperature controlled environment or anything. Um, so no, uh, all food to go items, including cups, lids, straws, utensils, and lids to go containers are all going to be garbage. And there is some information coming out that all of these composting facilities that do accept these compostable items, uh, often a lot of that material is becoming residual and they're not able to break it down in the way that it needs to be to be able to sell off as compost. Um, so a little bit of greenwashing happening with those products. Um, greenwashing, that's good. And, term. you know, <laughs> yeah, another fun. I have a funny story. I, I actually, I didn't steal, but I, I took some water cups from our work that were compostable water cups. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, I need some extra for my party. So I'll, I'll bring them to my party. <laughs> The cups started melting in people's hands. Oh, in the oh, sun. No. So they do break down. <laughs> they literally, I was just standing there watching the cup just kind of crinkle. And they're, uh, they're yeah. just, 
and they're talking and they don't notice and they go to sit it down and it just falls over and they one of them just literally it was a big one and it just like turned in so they in the sun it's a really good chance they may fade away but um yeah Yeah. wow yeah and it's interesting to think too it's like that stuff ends up as what what we're going to grow our food in or what animals are going to be interacting with it's kind of um there's so many facets to ways to look at this and, and yes it has some good um, application when it's appropriate and supposed to right but in general um it's just another product <laughs> and it has its own pluses and minuses um and you know we did we could always go further on that if anybody wants to talk to me about it but um, <laughs> or if they want you to come speak at their business i'll put your um contact in there and oh, yeah. i'll put your email in there and they can um see if if there's you know a, a bigger office that would just like to make sure that everybody understands what's going on and and yeah. or maybe educate their clients about items as well but i i really really appreciate you doing this because this is just we could talk for hours i expected yes. 45 <laughs> minutes I, i've got another like half hour that i could tell i could totally talk I know, to right? all day long i love yeah. it yeah I, well i'll put your information in there and they can is there any anything else you want to add before we go um i think one last thing uh really important probably for safety reasons and everything, if you have batteries, sharp fluorescent light bulbs, um, hazardous waste, paints, all of those things, we have a household uh, hazardous waste facility drop off open on Saturdays at the landfill and uh, please bring those items there um, or call us if you have questions. <laughs> um, yeah, and you know, I would also add if they're really struggling or they're senior and maybe don't have the ability to take care of that to please call in and, and see if there's any way to make sure instead yeah, of just throwing absolutely. it away yeah yep yep we're here to help <laughs> awesome well thank you so much and um yeah i look forward to talking trash sometime soon <laughs>